The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown. To zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast and radio show. On today's episode, we're speaking with Callie Ackland. She has opened the first zero waste shop in South Dakota. It's called Bestowed Essentials in Rapid City. She wants to help others start their own zero waste stores too. She has a book coming out soon on the subject. And funny enough, we both have previous military service in our respective navies. So thanks for tuning in to the show. Here's my conversation with Callie Ackland. So you're a Navy veteran and I'm a Navy veteran and we're both now hosts of podcasts that are trying to help the world. That's a small world. You are the owner of Bestowed Essentials and that is the first zero waste shop in South Dakota. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Did you grow up there in South Dakota? No, I did not actually. Um, I moved here just to open a store here. So before the, uh, before November, when I came out here to open the store, I'd actually never been to South Dakota at all before. Oh, wow. I've been there. I've been stuck in a major, major snowstorm, and it was really scary. I thought I was actually uh, not going to make it through tonight. You guys get a lot of snow there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, we really do. It's, it's interesting, but the weather's starting to warm up, which is nice. Right. I know it's spring, so it's so nice. And, you know, that's that's a big challenge that we have as northern nations, that we can't just, like, stop entirely, like, heating our homes and driving to work and these things, right? So we have, I think, more of a challenge to try and get away from fossil fuels than people in warmer climates do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But unfortunately, it can also be hard, though, because there's just not all that many opportunities to do so just yet. Not a lot of investment into those areas. I know, right? Yeah. I think in Canada, we should be investing a lot more in things like light rail and and more public transportation as opposed to, we just put a, a carbon tax on everything. So instead of like helping people who have to work to survive, they're just taxing them. Uh, so a lot of people are really upset about that because a lot of people don't have a choice. Like they have to get to work and, you know, they're they're struggling a little bit. So there's lots of challenges that we have, but it sounds like you are with your podcast uh, finding solutions and talking to people who have different ways of, of doing things better. So that's really awesome. Trying to, yeah, for sure. It can be frustrating because, of course, we want to take as much action as we can as individuals, but then it's also important to remember that individuals are not the the primary cause of global warming and of climate change, it's these corporations. And so there also needs to be conversation around that too and how to get these big companies and how to get the government involved to actually get substantial change to come about. I wish the government didn't have to get involved, but when you look around, I don't know if South Dakota is as bad as where I live, but when I go for a walk, there is like garbage everywhere because it blows yeah. off of the recycling truck. There's a whole bunch of balloons that are stuck in a tree that's near my house. What is the garbage around South Dakota like? Is it cleaner than that? 
Uh, you know, it just really depends on the area, honestly, which I think is, is pretty much anywhere you go. The quote-unquote nicer neighborhoods, of course, they look nicer. And, and then out in some of the, the more rural areas, you do see a lot of trash and plastic bags that have just gotten swept up by the wind and stuck in fences and in trees and they're in ditches and doesn't really seem to be any sort of local significant effort to do any sort of cleaning up of that trash, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. There are certain places, you know, if the city owns a park, then they will pay people to clean it up. But then a lot of the big chain stores, which are often foreign-owned, like a lot of American chains are up here in Canada, and they own or they, they lease a lot of property, and there's garbage, like, kind of all around the parking lots and around those areas. And so I think they should be more responsible for cleaning that up. But I know you're probably talking more about companies who are producing like billions of of servings of trash. Yeah, with that specifically, but even just in the local communities, it is, you know, the the companies, the big companies, the box change, I'm thinking like Walmart and, and some of those massive corporations. If you just look like um, to the side or behind their stores and you just see this massive pile of trash that just gets built up. There doesn't seem to be any effort by the companies to to hold their workers accountable or to pick that stuff up. And it's definitely not just here. I've seen it all over the country as I've traveled. You know, when you do start looking, you know, opening your eyes a little bit more and, and looking at places where you don't normally look, you really see it building up and it's awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just on the Amazon River last month and I saw a boat coming by me and a woman just took a plastic bag and tossed it over the side of the boat into the Amazon. Oh and then we went to this this town that is built on stilts because for three months of the year, the Amazon River rises. And mm-hmm. where you can normally walk, you have to get to by boat. It's almost like a a, a Venice in a, in a strange sort of way. But I saw a hand come out of one of the windows and just drop some plastic right into the Amazon. And it's it's a normal thing. And there's, you know, bottles floating everywhere. And uh, it was really kind of scary to see that. So, yeah, it is happening everywhere. And the way that I'm starting to see it is that we have an addiction to convenience. And yes. sometimes with addictions, I think, people don't know that they're addicted or that they have a problem. And I think this is like a planet-wide thing where we're, you know, most of us are in it and we just want everything to be convenient and it it doesn't matter if we're destroying everything, you know. I mean, obviously, me and you are, are not like that and everybody listening, but, you know, I think billions of people are on that wavelength. And so we have to just change it around somehow. And so you figured out how to do this. Tell me a little bit about living in the van. And I read that you only produce about five pounds of trash. Is that per month? Per month, yeah. That's good. So um, living in a van, of course, it's such a tiny, tiny space. And so that really forces me to be quite minimal and quite conscious of what I'm purchasing and, and bringing into the van, what I have you know, I kind of have like a, a one-in, one-out rule. If I'm bringing something in, I've got to take something else out just because of the space Ooh. limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do try whenever possible, whenever I'm passing near like a bulk package-free store, 
um, to try to stock up. And I've, I've planned my van layout to accommodate that since it's just me. I can, um, I have the ability to have a little bit of extra food storage space so that I can put um, some larger, you know, I'll get like a, a five-pound container of oats and five pounds of quinoa and, you know, just stock up on some of those staples when I get the chance to last me for a few months until I'm um, near another store where I can stock up again. Um, But then at the same time, like with produce, I have a very, very, very small fridge. And so I'm very restricted of how much refrigerated foods that I can buy, which means, you know, I I always know what's in my fridge. There's nothing that's getting lost in the back of the fridge or anything like that. So that helps to cut down on food waste significantly. Mm. Yeah. Um, And then just having a very minimal wardrobe. Yeah, just just being conscious altogether. I also have to fill up the water tank that I use for my sink to wash my dishes, wash my hands, my face, brush my teeth, all of that. So that makes me very, very much aware of how much water I'm using. When you have to actually carry your own water and then go find a place to fill it up and and lug it around, you are conscious of how much you're consuming because it's kind of a pain in the butt. Right. To do that, so you don't so want to be wasting it. Yeah. So yeah, just all in all, it's it it um it's a totally different lifestyle than than living in a house. There are some things that are the same, but there's a lot that's different, and I really enjoy it because it just makes me a lot um, more mindful. We did an episode with the millennial minimalists, and they say something similar. So they went to Italy and they just brought little carry-ons, and that sort of hit me as this thought that yeah when you're traveling or on the move and you can't take as much with you it really makes you think about the things you're taking and it really makes you want to get rid of the things that you don't need so it's it's very helpful to have those small spaces and so luckily smaller living is becoming cooler lately uh in in toronto which is close to me for example housing prices have just skyrocketed. And so if you want to afford a house and you don't have $2 million, then you're going to go to a tiny condo space, right? So I think this movement is just going to balloon and skyrocket of of being uh, a minimalist, which is good. And it's helpful. It's helpful for people and it's helpful for health and the environment and and lots of different things. So you are in this van, but you also own the store. So tell me a little bit about the store. Yeah, the Bestowed Essentials. So it's an online shop and a new retail location in Rapid City, South Dakota. And we offer ethical and eco-friendly home goods that help you reduce your trash and your impact on the planet. So I started my business a little over two years ago when I was still on active duty, but it was very much just kind of a a hobby or a side thing for me at the time um, and I was just making soaps and other like um, body and skincare products and then after I got out of the Navy and, and took my business full-time um, it's definitely expanded so so much from there so we still make about 50% of what we sell and, and we've expanded into doing some um, kitchen and laundry products as well and then Um, We're now offering other products. Um, We try to support female-owned small businesses in the United States as much as possible. So about 80% of what we sell is made by female artisans in the U.S., whether it's us or or some of our friends' businesses. And did I see on your website that you have dish soap yet in a bar? 
Yes. Yeah, we do. Solid dish soap. So it just kind of sits by the edge of your sink when you're hand washing dishes. You just work up a lather from it and use that to to wash your soap. And it's a great alternative for the, the dish soap that comes in plastic bottles. Absolutely. That's so awesome. I've been trying to get myself some and then the shipping is just so expensive. It like doubles or triples the price of anywhere that I found with it. So I'll I'll check out yours for sure. But I think that's wonderful because uh, we use bar soap for everything now. So shampoo, conditioner, we have it at our sinks in our in my house. And uh, there's a stain remover, (laughs) um, like solid bar that I have for laundry if I get a stain on something. So everything's really good. And then dish soap, I was getting it from the Zero Waste store in Ottawa, but it's three hours away. So oh, wow. yeah, because I, I moved and now that I'm so far away from it, it doesn't make sense to do a six hour round trip to go and get this stuff. So I've been a little bit stuck with that. Uh, so it's good that we're starting to see all of these things come out. And uh, South Dakota sounds like a, an interesting place to have a business because, yeah, I just think of all the snow and being really scared (laughs) when I was there. And, you know, someone told us there was a woman that was working at a truck stop and she's like, don't go. It's dangerous. There's going to be a bad snowstorm. And we're like, "Mm, we'll be fine. And we we got stuck for, I think, 19 hours on the highway and our our vehicle kept dying. And we were just stuck in a drift. Everybody was stuck, like abandoned on the highway. And then finally, seven snowplows got us out. And then we had to go spend another 20 hours in a town. But at least we had like a restaurant and stuff there. Uh, but it was, I don't know, I feel like you have worse snowstorms than, than we do where I live in Canada. Anyway, enough about snowstorms. So uh, you also talk about um, veganism a little bit too. So are you a, a vegan? Mm, kind of. So I don't buy any animal products myself. I don't financially support it. Um, but I have done a couple projects with dumpster rescued food to highlight grocery store um, food waste. Mm-hmm. And so in those instances, I, I kind of go vegetarian and, and will eat some dairy when it's, when it's food waste that's already been thrown away. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And your, your body's fine with it if you don't eat dairy or meat for a while and then all of a sudden you introduce it again? Oh, this, I, I do break out a little bit if I eat dairy unfortunately, which is, is why um, long before I was I was vegan or vegetarian to begin with in my teens, I was dairy-free for a really long time to help my skin. But I have done a, a seven-day, like, dumpster food-only challenge, and so I was like, well, I, I, I can't pick the food that I want to consume, so I've got to eat what's available to me. And yeah, just trying to trying to highlight how much of a problem it is with how much grocery stores just throw away perfectly good food mm-hmm. um, rather than donating it or, you know, putting it on, on further discount and, and letting people buy it or something like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like wasting meat is just the worst, you know, it's like worse than wasting yeah. vegetables or, or crackers or something because it's, you know, it used to be an animal and it you know, we should be respecting it more like people used to. If if it was hunted, I think that people were very grateful for it and took care of it and used every single thing. But now it's like meat doesn't even look like meat. It's just in these styrofoam packs with plastic all wrapped around it. And, uh, you know, I've been to parties where people will just barbecue a whole bunch of meat, like so much, and then just throw it out afterwards. And I just want to cry. Like, <laughs> people would do yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Western cultures are actually eating way more meat than our bodies need. 
there's a lot of people, they have so much unhealthy weight on them because they're eating way more than they need. And I think meat is part of that because it's so calorie dense, right? And also like from a zero waste perspective, I, I find meat just comes in really wasteful packaging. There's so many reasons, I think, to to switch to more of a plant-based diet. So tell me, tell me more about the store. Like, so you're offering like soaps, and you're making them yourself still. Yeah, um, we make. I don't personally make them myself anymore, um, but I have an employee who works here um, at the shop. We've got a production area in the back, and so she makes all of our soaps, shampoo bars, face masks, and toners, tooth powders, um, balms all that sort of stuff. So we're still making it in-house under our brand name. And then, like I mentioned, selling other products as well that, that complement our, our line and, and our standards. And so we've got other lip balms and body butters. We've got liquid shampoos and conditioners. We've got all sorts of like um, kitchen brushes and deodorants and um, natural washcloths and shower mitts and sponges and pretty much everything you need for your bathroom and your kitchen. And, and we're trying to expand more into laundry as well. We're working on creating a, um, a laundry powder to come out soon. Do you, do you sell food as well at your store? No, we don't. We, our store is much too small to expand into any sort of food. And then there's a lot more... Um, legal restrictions and permits and all of that that we would have to get. So that's not something that's on our radar right now, but I do have plans to open up a second and third store in Kansas City and Oklahoma City in the next five years. And I would like for those two stores to definitely include food as well. Oh, good for you. I hope that happens and I hope that they go well. Are there zero-waste stores in those cities already? No, not yet. So that's why we'd like to go down there and be able to offer resources. Absolutely. Oh, that's really good. I'm really happy to hear that. And another part of your website, too, is that you encourage others to start their own zero-waste store. Yes, absolutely. So I'm actually going to be coming out with a book in the next couple months, um, and it's called Starting a Zero-Waste Business, Everything I Wish I'd Known. And that's just kind of, of course, you know, as the title suggests, it's my own experience and some of the mistakes that I made and, and having learned through trial and error and, and my recommendations and my advice to other people who are looking to do the same or something similar because I, I get messages almost every single day from people that say, you know, that they love what we're doing, they want to do something like this in their own community and they want advice to get started. And, you know, unfortunately, between running my business and my podcast and speaking at events and everything else that I do. I also just don't have time in the day to respond to every single person. So I'm hoping that this book will kind of be that overall comprehensive guide and and help people be able to bring something similar to their area. Absolutely. So if people are listening right now and they're interested in starting a zero waste store, what's some advice that you would uh, give our listeners? Um, I would say to... Definitely know your supply chain and build good relationships with your vendors. Um, There are luckily more and more zero-waste vendors popping up, and so it really isn't all that hard to find um, small businesses that you can purchase from. Um, But if you are working with some more traditional or established businesses, you want to make sure to contact them ahead of time and be very clear on what you're looking for and how you want your items to be packaged or 
you know, potentially unpackaged. Um, and, and make sure before you place orders, before you start that connection, that they understand what you want and that they're willing to, that they're not only willing, but also just able to, to fulfill that. Not everybody has the, the infrastructure in place in their company to be able to send things pa- plastic free or package free altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, another big thing is happy employees equals successful business. I think it is really important for any company that, that wants to call themselves ethical or sell ethical products to try to live that in every way. And I think that it should be absolutely mandatory, basically, if, if you're a, a so-called ethical company, that you have to pay your employees, all of them, a livable wage. So I think it is important that you're paying your employees well and giving them benefits because when you have employees who are happy to come to work to every day, who are passionate about what they're doing and love making a difference, it makes all, all the difference in your company as well. Your customers are going to see that excitement and feel the same excitement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really bothers me when you see CEOs making like $24 million. And I know that those employees that are working at the cash and whatnot are making minimum wage. And I really don't think that anyone should be making $24 million while paying other people that work for them minimum wage. You know, we have some problems here, like in Toronto, someone was caught walking into a liquor store that's run by the province and just taking a bag of, of liquor. Like he just filled bottles up in his bag and walked out and the employee's not going to do anything because it has really nothing to do with them. Their job is just the cashier. They don't really respect, you know, the business or they don't know who's who's their boss's boss or anything like that, right? So it's nice to have people care about the businesses that they work for and care about the customers. And it's just such a better business model. And and that that spreads to the local community as well. Um, I would much prefer to go to local stores than I would to go to a big box store just because I know what's happening. And you know what? If, if the local store owner is not a very nice person, then you don't go anymore. Yeah. What are some other things that you do to be zero waste in your own life? It's important to be supporting local businesses as much as possible um, with your food choices. Of course, as we already talked about, to try to eat more of a plant-based diet. Buying local, organic, in-season produce is important. Thinking about the carbon footprint of your food and where it's coming from and how far it travels to get to you. Um, my company does do um, monthly trash pickups here in Rapid City, and then um, we try to give back as well. With every order that's placed on our website, we work with a nonprofit called Ocean Blue Project to remove one pound of trash from American beaches for every order placed. So just, okay. just doing what we can as much as we can as much as possible. And I think that's what everybody should try to do is just what they can when they can. Mm-hmm. I've heard some people say that, oh, zero waste is just for rich people because you have to like buy all this expensive stuff. And personally, I don't think that's true at all because I've bought a few things that are nice, like a big giant flower jar, like a glass thing for my flour because I bake a lot. But I didn't have to, you know, Um, I could have went into the used store and got some big container. And like there's really nice coffee cups but instead of buying a new one I just use 
one that I bought from a department store like six years ago, and it's a little bit like there's a, a crack on it, but it doesn't really bother me. So to me, zero waste isn't, it doesn't have to be for a certain like class of people, I guess. Um, yeah. I do find it's probably more of a challenge though when you're on a budget when it comes to eating food that someone else prepares for you. So for example, I can go to McDonald's and spend a few dollars and get a meal, but then it comes in garbage. But if I want to go and sit down at a restaurant, then I'm going to pay maybe double, right? It seems like you try to make zero waste accessible kind of to everyone, right? Yeah, we try. It does, you know, zero waste is very trendy right now. It's introducing more people to the idea and it's getting more people aware of of the problems that are going on um, in the world around us. But at the same time, of course, you know, unfortunately, there are some people that are just that just jump on the bandwagon and companies as well that just jump on the bandwagon to be a part of it without actually caring about the reason why behind it. And you're absolutely right. You know, in a lot of zero waste products, because they're reusable and they're long-lasting and, and hopefully they're ethically and sustainably made and all of that, they, they come with a higher price point. And so that does make it inaccessible for people with lower budgets to be able to invest in these reusable products to begin with. But, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily, you don't need a reusable straw. If you don't use straws to begin with, if you don't physically need a straw, then just don't drink with straws. You don't need to go buy, you know, a, a reusable straw. You don't need to go out and buy new, um, what are they called, like unpaper towels and the, the cloth facial rounds and all of that. If you have an old cotton t-shirt, you can cut it up and use that for rags, for wiping up around the kitchen, for removing your makeup in the bathroom. And so zero waste, mm-hmm. it's, it's nothing new at all. It's really a return to the way that our grandparents and their grandparents did things be- before plastic was even invented and just being more mindful and more conscious of what we're using and how we're using it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love rags. I have so many of them. <laughs> and they're all from old clothes that I used to really like, but they just have, you know, a hole that is just inappropriate or something. So they get turned into rags and we use them for everything. Uh, we even have them yeah. for just drying after the bidet, right? So nothing too gross. Mm-hmm. Just It's just for drying. So it's just like using a towel after you shower, right? But uh, yeah. I didn't want to get the bidet with the heat function because for one, it's $1,000, whereas oh, wow. the other one is like 30 bucks. <laughs> so huge price price difference. But also it's using energy to heat, right? So yeah. Um, so I just use a bunch of cloths and I sewed them even to make them like in squares. So they look nice. Um, there's also a hand grinder for coffee. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. So I saw that at a a local shop here and like, I I used to be so proud of drinking zero waste coffee for so long with a French press and my to-go mug. And I would use this tiny little zap of energy every morning, and then I found the hand grinder, but it was like $90, so I didn't buy it. <laughs> so I find sometimes these choices are, do I want this or that, or do I want to like buy something new and accept the carbon footprint of how it was created and all the resources that went into it, or do I just want to use what I have already? Yeah, and I think it's really important as well if if there is something that you want and it's out of your budget or you just you don't need it, you already have something, 
um, that you could use otherwise to maybe ask your friends and family if they have an old one that they never use that yeah. you can, you know, swap something with, you know, let's incorporate the sharing economy or going to your secondhand store, your thrift store and seeing what they have available there. I know like going back to the rags, I've seen it so many thrift stores that they'll they'll make rags out of all the old crummy t-shirts that they get that have holes in them or whatever that they can't put out on their clothing racks. They'll cut them up for you and put them in a giant, you know, comes in a plastic bag to contain it, but it's still much more eco-friendly than than going out and buying entirely virgin fabric that was created just for this. Mm-hmm. So you can get this huge bag of rags at a thrift store from secondhand materials, secondhand fabrics for like $3. So if you don't have the time to cut up your own, that's always an option as well as looking at the thrift store for things that you need. How's the thrift shop scene where you are? Surprisingly pretty decent for it being a, a smallish town. Um, there's oh, like four or five different thrift stores, and there's one um, that actually happens to be just like half a mile away from my shop. And so that's kind of my Saturday morning routine is I'll just kind of walk over there and check out, see what they've got. We've been able to use a lot of stuff that we got from the thrift store here in the shop. So we have like a, a small bulk ingredient section if you want to make um, DIY any of your own beauty recipes, whether it's like face masks or you want to make your own soap or deodorant or lotion. We've got the, the package-free ingredients for you to come in, buy exactly what you need for your recipe and cool. make it yourself. And all of the, the jars that our ingredients are stored in are large secondhand glass jars that we got from the thrift store. So they're not, you know, this perfect matching set that looks identical. They're all totally different shapes and sizes, um, very mismatched. But I think it just adds character. And, and it was just another way that we were trying to be eco-friendly and setting up our shop and, and not consuming new resources when there were secondhand options already available. Yeah. I prefer to just buy things because I'm making so much already, like bread and kombucha and I'm always cooking and all this stuff. So I'm always looking for things that are that are made like the dish dishwashing soap because someone sent me a recipe, which is great. But I was like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) (laughs) you have to find quite a bit of time to do that. Cool. Well, this has been really awesome. So I'm really happy to hear that this business is going well and that you're looking to expand and I'll I'll watch for your book. I think that's going to be cool. The uh, Zero Waste Business, Everything I Wish I'd Known. That's coming out this summer, right? 2019? Yep. Awesome. Uh, So that's really cool. And um, it's nice to meet a fellow um, Navy person that's totally into zero waste now. That's so cool. Yeah, well, thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm glad we got to chat today. If you like our show and want to help save the world from all this trash we're consuming, please consider donating to the Zero Waste Countdown. You can become a patron on Podbean. You can find me on Patreon. Or you can donate right on the website, zerowastecountdown.com. And if you're interested in seeing a photo of our guests, you can check us out on Instagram. That's zero underscore waste underscore countdown. And if you want to email me, it's laura at zerowastecountdown.com. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks to all our listeners in America, Canada, Australia, Germany, the UK, and wherever else you may be tuning in from. Together, we're going to change the world. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast.